All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. Okay, this is what's going on. I'm in uh, the morning time of the day, and I don't know why I'm singing, but... I wanted to be working while I drink my coffee. But I don't have anything to edit. So I'm in here about to talk about stuff. So here we go. (laughs) If you are just joining, thank you for listening. This is like a personal journal, a personal diary. It's a way for me to... Just get my thoughts out of my head, talk about them, you know, just process them more. You can never have enough processing of your own thoughts, right? And the worst thing you can do is just compartmentalize thoughts. I don't want to do that. I like to explore my thoughts because it's like gold mining. Or I said in episode one, it's like, I said my brain is like a diamond mine. There's an infinite amount of diamonds in there and sifting through the dirt and rubble and finding diamonds. That's kind of the purpose. Those those diamonds that I was talking about, there's an endless amount of them and they're called stories. And I I hope that there's at least one of them that would inspire you. Gosh, I have a headache, which is weird. I haven't had a headache like this in a while. I... I'm not looking for any sort of like social gain, social boost from this. It's like I said, it's just like a personal thing and trying to be organic with myself. If nobody listens, that's okay. If you need this, like if this would help you to sleep because it's just so boring, that's okay too. I'll talk about one or multiple topics, just, you know, kind of depending upon time. I've set a max limit of 20 minutes per episode. I know that doesn't sound like a lot. But I'm working on pumping these out like once a week. So my first two episodes are me just kind of talking about who I am. No other episode will really be spent unpacking the DNA of me. Each episode is kind of like talking about different things that are like results of that DNA, but not the DNA itself. Let's jump on in. Okay. Oh, goodness. Just a little quick story on how I get to all of these topics. They are random. It's like I'm spinning a wheel that just randomly lands on something. So this next topic, I'm a human being, and we all fall into the category of seeking relationships. So, like, who can't resonate with this story? To when I focused all my energy on girls. I'll keep it really short and sweet. I'll try to sweeten it up like a sweet girl. (laughs) A beautiful, sweet girl. 
And all girls are beautiful and sweet, which is sweet. So growing up, it was tough because I didn't really spend a lot of time with my dad. I spend more time with my dad now than I do when I was a kid, which is completely fine. I mean, we have a completely organic relationship, which is sweet. So I I just kind of adopted that, you know, genuinely loving, caring personality toward everyone. And I got criticized a lot for that growing up that, I mean, people basically were saying, you're a guy, you're supposed to be muy macho and tough, and you're not. So like, dude, what's your what's your problem? There's no problem with that at all. We were all created to love and be compassionate toward others, whether you're a male or a female or whatever you identify with. Love and compassion are universal affections. They are gender neutral. I had more relationships, like more friendships with girls than I did guys. And again, there I got criticized for that, which is really stupid. But that's not the energy that I was focusing on. The energy I was focusing on was, let me preempt this by saying I'm not this way anymore. Thank the Lord. But it it was a big part of my past and I'm okay talking about it. I, I took that you know, that position that I had of friendship, and I I abused it. It was good, and then it was bad. It turned a full 180 degrees. And without going into too much detail, yeah, if you know me now, you're like, what the heck, dude? (laughs) I, in the course of like two years, accumulated, I went from being a nobody to being like a huge somebody. I was a tool. I was a jerk. I only cared about myself and my personal satisfaction. That's just one of the things that goes into my arsenal of life is more than this. Life is more than worshiping money. Life is more than worshiping drugs, alcohol, whatever addiction you may have. In 10th grade, I saw this guy standing with a girl to his left and a girl to his right. It seems like they just adored him more than anything. And like, I wanted that. We all want to feel adored. It's in our human nature to feel adored. And I spent all my energy trying to find that. I walked away from that position, that status, six to seven years ago. I learned a ton from it. Gosh. The worst thing I did was look someone dead in the eye and say... I don't love you. I won't love you. I'll never love you. With what I later, long later, followed that up with was, I want to love you like I want to love you, not like you want me to love you. But we all made stupid choices when we were young. So, (laughs) yeah, it has definitely shaped who I am now. I thank mom and my sisters for rooting in me that compassion and that love. And unfortunately... I just twisted that around a little bit. It wasn't as bad as I made it out to seem. I just, I was a big flirt. I flirted with every single girl that I could, which is like something that just wherever you're at in life, it's hard to not flirt with people because flirting is a way to feel adored. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. Just don't be a jerk. Don't be a tool. (laughs) Wherever you focus your mental energy, just be mindful of The fact that everything you do has a consequence. It does. Don't beat yourself up. 
because you're only human. If you beat yourself up, self up for everything you've done wrong, then you're going to have like 20 bruises at least. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to live the rest of your life in shame and guilt, and you don't have to do that. Next topic to when I found out our dog ate three guinea pigs. My sisters and I each had a guinea pig. Their names were Salt, Pepper, and... Gosh, I don't remember the third one's name. But, long story short, what happened is... I don't even know how long we had these guinea pigs. I just remember we had, like, giant plastic containers. And we put, like, those little wooden chips in and those wheels that they run around in and a little water spigot, a table where they could play cards and a coffee pot, and yeah, they had like a, a bunk bed, no. One day, I believe it was one of my sisters, they might say it was my fault, but one of us was supposed to lock our German shepherd in her kennel. Whoever did thought that the door was locked, and we went out to do something and then came back, and she got out of her kennel. The guinea pig pens didn't have lids on them. They probably should have. Maybe they did and she took it off. I don't know. Dogs are smart, especially German shepherds. Those chips were everywhere and the guinea pigs were gone. There was only one possible option as of what happened to them. <laughs> Kenzie ate them. So that was sad. But on a better oh gosh this next story is kind of sad too but it has a it has a happy ending to when a single drop fell from the sky we had a dog named shadow he was a golden retriever this dog was just so joyful he was like a an expression of joy in a dog and he was beautiful he had super long golden hair that was soft well a lot of dogs hair is soft one day, I come home from school with my family, and every day when we would come home from school, he would, like, run up to greet us. Like, he had this big, this super big fenced-in area. One day, we come home from school, and he doesn't run up. We were all genuinely concerned, and I walk in to find that he was laying down and um, was being unresponsive. Days or weeks later, I was sitting on top of his doghouse, crying by myself, and little eight-year-old me, just heartbroken. Yeah, that's a beautiful word for that, heartbroken. All of a sudden, it was probably a three-foot-tall doghouse, I think even with a shingled roof, but I was sitting on it, and amidst all my tears, I think I was looking up to the sky. This single drop falls and lands in between my feet. Like I was kind of sitting fetal position on top of the house and it landed on top of the house in between my feet, which it was super sweet because to me, I felt that he was definitely there with me and that he never left. Yeah. So last story for this recording. To when I befriended the neighbors and gained forever friends. Oh, I love this family. In the seventh grade, 
it was like my first day at a new school or like within my first week at a new school. I had this thing where like within the first week of starting at a new school, I would meet these new friends, which was super sweet. And like I felt like I belonged. I guess that's what happens when you do meet friends is that you feel belonged. This family, I came home from school with one friend just to hang out with him. And he was like, hey, we need to go. This isn't word for word, but he's like, hey, we need to go meet my neighbor friends. I lived in this neighborhood. I was at the bottom of the neighborhood. These two groups of friends were more toward the top of the neighborhood. It was like on a hill. I would ride my longboard up to their houses. And then when I was done, like I would just coast down the street. And it was awesome. He introduced me to this family who emotionally adopted me as their own family, which was a huge blessing of feeling belonged. I did so much stuff with his family. Most recently, I mean, I went to Hawaii with them, which was super sweet. And like, although I'd known them for, oh gosh, seventh grade. Oh my goodness. What? No. I've known this family for 14 years, roughly. That's a long time to know people, to like stick by people. And I'm... I said blessed, but even more than that, I feel honored to know this family because every day, what felt like every day, they would let me go over to their house, eat their food, hang out till like hours before they were going to bed and do it all again the next day. We had so many fun times. They had a trampoline. That's where I learned how to do a backflip. What else did I do at their house other than eat their food? My relationship with each one of them is precious. And I love each one of you tremendously. And I thank you for putting up with me. (laughs) I thank everybody for putting up with me. I make that sound like it's a chore. Putting up with anyone is great. And you should be honored to know that someone's putting up with you. Because that means that if they're staying around you, if someone's staying around you, that means they love you. Even if they're, you know, off in another country and you're not actually physically close to each other. Also, not even if you talk every single day, but the next time that you do talk, it's like you pick up right where you were, and you just like fill in the gaps and talking, and then when you hang out, it's like all the more better. And they had a a video camera, and we recorded some cool stuff. It wasn't just these three kids. It was the friends that I talked about. He also has a younger brother, and... I don't know, is five years younger than me. When you have really good friends, age doesn't matter at all. You just have different experience levels. I have this many years of life experience, which to be older than someone isn't saying you're better than them. Imagine you're standing on a beach, and as you walk into the ocean, the water starts coming more and more up your body, and the ground gets lower and lower. So it's like there's this opposite thing happening. Then eventually at some point, you're no longer connected to the ground and you're just floating and you're swimming, staying afloat, trying to stay afloat. And there's this crazy ocean before you. You can go any way you want. And this family and the two friends, like having known them for 14 years is 
There aren't many things that are greater than that. (laughs) And I love them all dearly and all the stories we've shared and just things we've gotten to do. Like one of the younger brothers, like we were jumping on a trampoline and he stepped on my toe and I'm pretty sure he broke my toe. But like, I love him for that. His older brother, we had a sleepover one night on his trampoline and I think maybe it was his idea that we should all wrestle in our sleeping bags. Everyone was in their own sleeping bag and we just started wrestling. Like, I love him for that. I love I love them for more things, but those are just things that come to my mind. With the family of three, the relationship to the parents and the grandparents, having been, like, emotionally adop- adopted into this family, they they treat me to this day like their own family member, which is... It's precious. When someone takes, like, time out of their day to think of you, and pulls you into their their heart, into their family. Like, there aren't many things that are greater in life than that. And I treasure that family. And you know who you are. <laughs> and I can't wait to what the next 14 years have and beyond that time. Let's go back to Hawaii. <laughs> Thank you for letting me be part of your family. Gosh, my head still hurts. And here I am talking... I don't know how that helps my headache, but I'm going to go drink that coffee now. So uh, one thing I did miss out on was all I'm, I'm looking at my my notes and I no longer have parenthesized time periods on those. So to when I focused all my energy on girls, gosh, that was I mean, ever ever since I was kindergarten, like my I first kissed a girl when I was in kindergarten <laughs> and you know who you are. And she, I think she hit me in the face. (laughs) But 2010 to 2012, such a short period of time in the grand scheme of things. The guinea pigs, I'm just going to say when I was, uh, wow. Let's say 2003, so I was probably like 10. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with 2003 or 2004. It doesn't really matter. It was a long time ago. When a single drop fell from the sky, roughly the same time frame, 2002, 2004-ish, 2003, the neighbors and gained forever friends, definitely seventh grade. And that's about it for now. Thanks for listening. And uh, I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 